0: Kenny, on to his right, foot, and he cracks it home. Brilliant finish from Harrison Reed. Hello and welcome to the That's So Craven podcast, your Fulham podcast from down under. And we are back again, this time in the new year. Happy New Year, everyone. And what a way to kick off the new year with a 2-1 victory over Arsenal. Here to talk through... The wonderful result we have. Sammy, how are we going, Sammy? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I'm going
1: really good. I lost my phone on New Year's. So I was I started the year off in a panic. But what that also meant was I got no spoilers when I got to re-watch the game. And whoever I had a very, very nice morning after with no spoilers. It was Peak anxiety, it was great, started the year off on a high, happy to be here.
0: Good stuff, Sammy, yeah, well done for somehow managing to lose your phone and get it back as well within 24 hours, that's a very good Mm -hmm. effort. Mm -hmm. Um, And also we've got Dad, how are we going, Dad? Happy New Year.
2: Very good, happy New Year to you all and to everyone, Uh, yep, great way to
0: start the new year, not
2: for you, Sam, but, um, but you know, yeah. Belief lives on, and Uber actually works, and Uber security works, and uh, it's all good.
1: Mm, I don't know about that, but that's a different podcast.
0: Anyway, <laughs> well, I mean, let's get straight into it. This was kind of a, as we've all said, a, a great way to start in new year, but maybe a very unexpected one, especially off the back of the recent results when you look at the fact that we lost so disappointingly against. Um, a poor Burnley side and admittedly a Bournemouth side who are on the rise at the moment and in very good form, but man for man, the, this Fulham team is far better than that Bournemouth side. Um, so to capitulate so terribly and also just to not score goals in that period as well was, was kind of depressing. And then you go into a game against an Arsenal team who were top at Christmas, they're chasing wins and points to maintain their title challenge and, Sammy, I'll throw to you first. But this Arsenal team—they just capitulated, and it's completely different to the time we saw them play against us at the cottage last year, where they were three 0 up after twenty odd minutes and looked like they were going to put ten past us that day.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, they—they they definitely haven't gotten any worse. Um, uh, I think we've. Oh, it's it's like a really annoying football manager season at the moment. I mean, Jack, I feel like you'd be you'd be able to like fully understand this I'm sorry dad I'm gonna put you on the back burner a little bit but I feel like um, we are just a couple we are just a couple of um, uh, key decisions away from a perfect squad at all times and just again I I said it last week I'll say it this week I don't think uh, Jimenez is the be all and end all we just need cohesion around the squad because when we have cohesion we're a team that can Ball at the moment, like really, really ball um, because this Arsenal team, no slouch. Like they gave us their full 11. They gave us a proper, proper side and we really, really took it to them. It was so awesome to see, but it's equally frustrating because again, it's just what you, I just want, I just want signings now because there's no reason why we can't be doing this every week. So I'm so stoked. Like, don't get me wrong, this is such an awesome achievement. And it was so well done, and so well worked against a really, really competitive Arsenal. But for me, I'm just kind of like, we need sufficient depth so we can keep this going because this could be so, this could be such an amazing squad. But it's just, it, we're just so flimsy, aren't we? We're so like easily derailed. It just takes like one or two players out. But outside of that, man man it's a good team
2: and and for the, those um... of you who've just uh, <laughs> joined from outer space and have never heard of fulham all you've done is actually just provided like a wiki page of what it's like to be a fulham supporter look but as i said,
1: I said before people <laughs> come here for the erraticness and jack trying to rein it in that is why people right. No, no, say- no. I,
2: I didn't. I, no, I wasn't describing y- y- your uh, erratic behavior. I was describing what it's like to be a Fulham supporter. It's just uh, yeah, all over true. the place. I mean, two days out, I, I, I had no knowledge of whether Willie Ann was going to play. We knew Raul was obviously uh, had done his time after his um, three match suspension, but I'm thinking, yeah, well. I I like William Williams' input, but his form hasn't been great. And I'm thinking, even with those two in our so-called pretty much full squad, this is an incredibly difficult fixture. The only thing we've got going for us is it's at home and we know where the toilets are. And, (laughs) um, you know, and and then Saka uh, puts one in the back of the net Five minutes in, and I'm thinking, "Oh my goodness me, what is going to happen thought. here?" I had the same thought. I was like, and, "I've been here before. I know this." But, but w- what an outstanding, outstanding display! And again, we've said it a million times. This Fulham team, you know, given given its best eleven, he really gets up for big games. Um, mm. And but but it, it's fair to say that we we've given a really good showing of ourselves, and certainly haven't embarrassed ourselves to so many top four, five, six sides, but we just don't get the points. And this yeah. it seems like the first time we've actually done the business. Which mm. is and just so so uh you know great, great to see. But like just the way we because
1: I, I said it, I said it um I'm not sure if I said it on the last pod or the pod before, but I just felt that like because we weren't able to score goals, we weren't able to build momentum. And man, we just built so much momentum off of like him and his goal. And just it's just like that's this that's the mark of a really, really good team. Like there's so much positivity, but at the same time, there's also so much frustration because it's like, why can't we do this all the time?
0: Mm. Sam, you have to be the most pessimistic fan at the moment after an amazing 2 1 win. That is what football is. Why can't we do this all the time?
1: that is what football is just just um loving and loathing and just like yeah, steaming yeah if you
0: rest. if you want if you want us to do this all the time go support man city because that, oh. that the joy of loving football is uh, accepting i guess that um fulham aren't going to get these results week in week out and that's what makes this result even more special is the fact that it doesn't happen it happens once in a blue moon i mean we haven't beaten arsenal i think it was 12 years i think it was From memory the time, Breda-Hangeland scored from a corner, tapped the ball in. I think we won 1-0 that day. Um, And, you know, it's those moments that make this so special. And I I think it it would, uh, we want to build the best possible squad, but I don't really want to support a team that wins every single week. It's fun for a little bit in the championship when you're smashing in goals every week, but I quite enjoy being the underdog most of the time, and and coming into games and getting performances like this, where you get this this amazing win, and it just it's euphoric rather than constantly expecting to to win and actually being disappointed when you don't win. I totally agree with you. I
1: do one hundred percent agree with you, but at the same time, my brain also go goes with just a couple more signings, it could be a Leicester again. And that's oh. just, that's, just, that's where my brain goes immediately. I mean, maybe
0: not my Lester, brains, but we're definitely a, we're a couple of signings away from being that, you know, going on that European run again and having those kind of adventures and making those memories again, which mm. stick so hard in everyone's memory from four, almost 15 years ago now since, mm. since that Europa League run. And they're the memories that people want. And I, I think if you're... A, Man City fan, it's actually, the other side of it is, um, oh, shit, we've missed out on Europe this year or we've missed out on the Champions League and never mind, we'll have to play in the Europa League and just win that instead. Whereas um, with us, you get into Europe and you're like, this is amazing, this is a new adventure and a new feeling Um, and you build on that. It's yeah, And look, I agree with you, we're a couple of signings away from being this really good upper mid-table team and the kind of team that Villa are at the moment, the kind of team that we've seen Brighton be over the last couple of years. And I think we, we've talked about it before, the fact that this Fulham team always struggles to get results against the top, call it eight sides. Um, mm. And I honestly, like thinking in my head, we, we beat Chelsea last year, but Chelsea clearly aren't one of those sides anymore, at least yeah. at the moment. Um, So I, I really can't think back to times. I, I know we got results against Liverpool previously and uh, when we were up, uh, what's that, four years ago now, but it, it feels like that monkey on our back that we've really struggled to actually get results against these teams. Uh, and, Dad, how important is it, do you think, for these kind of results where you actually beat a top six side and prove that you're not constantly going to be conceding that late equaliser? Do Do you think... It's sort of got that monkey off our back, or do you think there's still a bit of work to be done to actually continually get these kind of results?
2: Well, how can you? You talk about Sam being on a downer, but I'm just going to put some realism into this. You know, if if you're so chaotic and all over the place in terms of results, there's no predictability about it. There's no consistency about it, and that's concerning. So. I'm about taking the three points because we really need them, um, and I, I just like us to be predictable. You guys were banging on about how you, you you'd hate to be a team that wins every week. Um, I, I actually don't understand that. I'd I'd <laughs> love to be a team that wins a lot of the time. I don't mind losing to a better side, but it's just disappointing when you're just so. Uh, predictably inconsistent, mm. and um, I, I think you know the reason why you love supporting Fulham is there's just a good feeling about a club like Fulham. We don't have any terribly dirty money. We, we we've had a, a bit of that in the past, not not quite of um, in the same league that um, you know other clubs are you know beneficiaries of, but. I think it's just a bit hollow when someone just comes and comes and pumps a truckload of money in. You buy a lot of players. Mm. Uh, Worse still, you're sort of shit, even though you've got an amazing squad of players, but you cannot pull the egos together. And then you go through a period of just bullying your way through till you get there. I I I would hate that. Honestly, I would hate that. And I Mm. I distinctly remember speaking to Jack at the – uh, what's the name? I can't remember the name of the Newcastle podcast in Australia. and he, he his response was kind of interesting in that oh, well, you know, feel a bit awkward about how, how we've arrived at great wealth now, but yeah you, you're gonna you're gonna take it because you're gonna have better results. That's better than being continually relegated, but yeah um, but Jack, to your question. Richard, we should always answer your questions. To your question, I, I don't. I don't think. I, I I remain unconvinced that we've actually turned a corner. I'm happy for the points. Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm not going to say we're going to lose the FA Cup tie unless we put out the youth team. Um, but you know, the next few games. We we could easily stumble against a mid-table team. That's kind of where we are at the moment. I don't like admitting to that, but it's true. And uh, we're still fragile, really fragile. Mm.
1: There's so much positivity though, like across across the camp. On our best day, there's very few teams, in my opinion, that can actually touch us. Like I'm actually I'm watching I'm watching the highlights as we speak, and just to see how strong we are. How composed we actually are um, in the Arsenal game—it's so, so, so promising. So there is there is so much here to be optimistic about, and for like us to grow upon. I just really want to see that growth. I just really, really, really want to see it, and I hope that it continues.
0: Well, let's get into the game itself and fill ourselves with positivity now. And rather than looking at what could be, um, let's look at what was. Uh, first goal. Arsenal, look, I I think it's actually a fortunate goal. And if you look across the entirety of the game, Bernd Leno didn't have much to do. Arsenal rarely put any shots on goal. Um, He's forced into a save. He makes a good save. There's not a huge amount more he can do there. Unfortunately, the ball falls into the danger area. Um, Dad and I discussed is Saka offside. The, The check is rather quick for something that looks fairly close, but on on second viewing, I think he actually just floats at the perfect time. The Fulham line seems to freeze effectively on the edge of the six-yard box, and Saka, as a good striker or a good attacking player does, floats perfectly into the danger area and is there, and look, the ball hits his foot, lobs up, ends up in the back of the net. He doesn't know a huge amount about that, I'm going to say, and you can see it on his face because he doesn't Mm, mm, overly celebrate afterwards. Um, guys, I I don't personally think there's much more you can do there, but do you think Fulham maybe should have attempted to close down Martinelli a little bit more? Do you think Leno could have potentially palmed the ball to safety? Is, is there anything more we could do to avoid a goal like that, especially an early one?
2: Well, we'll think about what happened moments before that. A really good move, w- which ends up in Castagne, um trying to get the ball, square the square the ball, and he ends up sort of draped over the hoardings and out of the game off the field and and that is the side the attack up.
0: comes down as well
2: yeah and arsenal they they you know they they do really really well they exploit that absolutely perfectly <clears throat> what can you do what can you do in that situation clearly would have been better if castania hadn't been involved in the build up play or or even the last ball last pass <clears throat> and he was 20 yards back and could therefore track back and, you know, and do a decent job of defending because we're surely one man down. Everyone else has to move more in a more central position and it leaves Martinelli with time. It's a good, you know, it's a, a decent ball in um, whether or not it was that great a shot. It puts it into a really dangerous area and you've got Saka lurking and he does well. I, I Like you say, I it it's so quick from the parry. From Leno to his foot, it 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 can't possibly have been deliberate.
1: That's actually a very astute bit of punditry, there, Father. I was actually, I was very impressed. I was I was with you the whole way. That was great. Um, did, you uh, I honestly, did you see it all? I did see it all, but like I couldn't have put it as eloquently as you just did. Then I was, oh, I was. I'm I'm having hot flushes here. Um. Uh, I, honestly, honestly, I read. I mainly just saw it as Sako is in the right place at the right time, and he has just got pinpoint reactions. I think. I think whenever you like score or you concede in um the earlier stages, especially within like the first five minutes, it's really just lapses of concentration, or maybe just being a little bit too hyped and not necessarily um as crisp in um uh, the yeah. It's. I, i i feel that like um uh, with you're you're always going to potentially be very very vulnerable in the last five minutes the um uh first five minutes when you're playing really really top squads because that's just what they do they are always willing to just strike and yeah you just have to you just have to you have to be um as aware as physically
2: possible I it's a brilliant start, I counterattack. it's a brilliant it is, counterattack. And, yes. and the transition so quickly, and you know, no disrespect to Saka, that's what good strikers do. Appear yeah. at that moment, and they're always there. And he, as Jack said before, he drifted in, absolutely to perfection in his timing. Yeah, you know,
0: absolutely. So uh, I think it's it's a it's a very good strikers or strikers finish. I'll call it. Um, Look, he 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 got into a good position. But I, I do agree that it's also – it comes off the back of Fulham early in the game attacking Arsenal, which is kind of what we want to see anyway. Um, we don't want to be the team that goes and plays at home, especially against the big side and sits back and tries to hold on from minute one all the way through. I think we were unfortunate to concede because it is a tough thing to do mm. to come from 1-0 down. Um, I can't find – the exact statistic now, but there was a stat during the rounds where Arsenal had, at this point, gone 46 games, I think it was, in a row where when they went 1-0 up, they did not lose. And Fulham yeah. had been, I think, 28 games in a row where yeah, when going 1-0 down, they had lost every single one of those games or hadn't hadn't won a game when they went 1-0 down for 28 games straight. So... Yeah. Fulham going 1-0 down after five minutes, it just felt like it was going to be one of those days where you just go, shit, okay, we've conceded early. We might, you know, try and get back into the game, but Arsenal can control this. And they are a very good side at doing that as well when they go 1-0 up. Yeah. They pass the ball around, hold possession really well. When you've got a bloke like Odegaard sitting in the midfield who can literally pull strings all day, Declan um, Rice, Rice as well, yeah, just sitting behind him, being able to mop up everything. Saka and Martinelli out wide, causing havoc. But it it wasn't one of those days, and and Fulham really didn't let it affect them too much. I mean, obviously there's that little moment after the goal is conceded where it looks a little bit shaky, but it was uh, consistently good tackling from the defenders, good positioning, um, continual positivity as well throughout the whole game, where Fulham just continued to push forward and almost ignore the scoreline and, and basically play as if it was still nil nil and, and i think that's what led to the first goal sammy you got something to say
1: Uh i was just um just off the back of that point before we um discussed the goal um bass like two players i want to call out because obviously Japaline is amazing and tc is amazing all that good stuff blah, 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 blah. but Bassi. And uh, Bobby Dekadova-Reed had such intense games. And I thought they were so excellent, especially in like the first half. Just, I mean, Bassi was a monster and he was so in control. And with each passing week, I just love him more and more and more. And he really, really um, did so well against Saka, just muscling him like 80% of the time. And bless Bobby Dekadova-Reed. Bobby Dekadova-Reed just got slammed the entire first half by Gabriel and um i forget the other um uh Arsenal Saliba. defender Saliba, yeah he was just getting murdered by those two and he got up every single time and he was just putting in he was putting in such such a good shift and i just wanted to call that out before we get on to the very very good goal by him and it
0: well you well, could think, have actually done thing- even better there and in- Perfectly segued it in considering the goal actually started with uh Bassi's tackle on Saka and, and breaking yeah. up what actually looked like a pretty good attacking move. Dad, were you going to make a mention of um Bassi there? Well,
2: just, just I was going to go back and say, I remember sitting watching the game with you saying it was the 15 minute mark of the um first half and thinking, wow, for 10 minutes after that goal, which could easily have been a gut punch and very deflating we were good we oh, did yeah. not look for one moment like it had mentally affected us we were composed we were at them we were pressing we were doing all the right things it was really impressive actually and i th- and i did think to myself wow this is really something um yeah and and I, and the other thing uh, Bassie had a monster of a game. I thought he was absolutely terrific. You know, he's always got a the odd crap pass at him. But he Just is absolutely he, he, he's fantastic. I love having him. And it, it's so exciting. He's so young. And he. I think he's going to get better and better and better. And yeah. he, he, he looks like he really loves playing at Fulham. He looks like he's really enjoying himself. Well, he's had a really
1: hard run from like, um, wasn't it? Was it Celtic or uh, he was at Rangers, wasn't he? And he um, was at Ajax as well. And I think he never really got the love, whereas now he's fully getting the love and appreciation. And I, well,
2: and he, I think he was um, huge.
0: Yeah, Jack. Well, I was going to yeah, say yeah. he was huge at Rangers. He, um, mm. uh, they got to the Europa League final, which they lost on penalties. He was a key player there. I mean, this is he, – he only just turned 24 on um, – on New Year's Eve when he was playing for Rangers. That was four, four years ago. He was only 20 played 65 games for them. Um, The transfer to Ajax didn't work out. I think the, the issue being um, he he went over there for 20 million. They they expected a lot from him. Uh, He got a red card in his, in his first game and just never bounced back. Basically Um, made 25 appearances over the season, still scored a goal, but I don't think he lived up to the hype. Um, Mm. Obviously, he's still a talented player. Considering he didn't have a great season and got sold for twenty-one million, having been bought for twenty million, it's not like he got slashed to an eight million-pound player off the back of one bad season. It just didn't work out for him at Ajax, and it's it's interesting. I don't know if you've seen some of the stuff on social media with um, Bassi and Iwobi together, because the reason Iwobi effectively is at Fulham is because of Calvin Bassi, who you know. A tough time at Ajax comes to Fulham, instantly seems to feel at home, calling Iwobi saying, Mate, come here. This is a great place to play football. He's now got his international teammate with him, who he obviously gets on really, really well with. They call him Agent Bassie around the ground because he's constantly calling blokes and um trying to get them to join Fulham. And well, I, I agree. I love the kid. He's 24 years old and looks like he could be a real talented centre-back for the next five, six, seven years for us. Mm. Um, And, and yeah, I mean, talking about this first goal, it it literally comes off his back. I think we can put it down to the fact that he wins that ball off Saka with... It it looks a bit of a messy tackle at first, but when you see a replay of it, it's a really solid tackle where he gets around Saka, wins the ball, wins a little second ball with Saka as well, and from there, Polina picks up the ball. um, And, um, look... Gets played out wide to Kenny, who puts in a superb cross to Beautiful. the back post. And Jimenez is there. Still has quite a lot to do. I, I'm not saying that's a tap-in by any means. He's just outside the six-yard box. But, you know, the keeper's getting across. The defender's making a challenge getting across. It's a good finish. He puts it underneath um David Raya, who's flapping around, as per usual. Um, and Fulham equalise. And, um, Dad, I'll throw to you first. Off the back of that equaliser, did you feel like we were – Back in the game, I, I guess you mentioned it before. We did look like we were playing very well, and it, it, Arsenal didn't seem to be miles ahead of us in this game.
2: Well, I, not in my wildest dreams did I actually believe. I could have thought, flirted with it, but I didn't really believe that we were going to equalise in the first half. I, I, I just, you know, I, yeah. I, if if I believed that, I would have gone out and sports bet and put hundred quid on it. But I never would. Um and uh I, I think it was a really, really good reward for the way that we bounced back after that sucker goal. And I have to also say that you know we've we've definitely called out Bassi for a really fantastic game, but I, I thought the whole back four were yeah. really, really good. So, Castalia yeah. was fantastic. Um you know, Tosin probably wasn't his greatest standout game. But as Jack and I were talking about, and Jack said, didn't actually have as much to, much to do actually. Yeah. Um, wasn't a, wasn't a lot of balls coming in in the air where he normally dominates and stands out. And mm-hmm. um, but he did his job. And and then uh, Robinson, I thought he had an incredible game, uh, shutting uh, Saka out completely. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously, Saka scores a goal, but I, th- I think Robinson was outstanding, and even Polinia, You know, what one could easily sort of think: well, we've seen Polinia carry Fulham on his own, on his own shoulders in some games last season, but but I thought his performance was very, 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 very good yesterday oh, and two, two days ago. And uh, in in conjunction with the back four, uh, they they kept Arsenal very quiet. You know, against pretty damn amazing midfielders and wingers and and, and a very good striker. Well,
1: we've we've said it a bit, and um, I said I said it last week. Um, just when Polina has less to do, he's incredible because he can just focus on key things and just do them expertly and he just has time to just walk around pick his passes um pick who he's pressuring and uh like it's there's so much promise there's so much promise again with castania i love castania at the moment castania is so he's fantastic he kind of reminds me a bit like um the uh obviously he's significantly younger but the older statesman Ream at his absolute best. He's not necessarily the fastest. He's not necessarily the strongest, but he just reads the game so well. And then as a result, he can just, he doesn't necessarily need to outrun Martinelli because he just pinpoints exactly where he's going to be. And he just marks him perfectly. And it's it's so, it's so promising.
2: I um I, I have to also say, I, I was a bit critical of Tom Kenny over the last couple of games. I thought defensively, didn't seem to work that hard. I thought he worked very, very hard against Arsenal. Mm. Uh, he he put in a, a big shift, actually. We're always looking for to Tom Kearney for his creativity and pulling the strings in the midfield, which is generally about starting attacking movement. But I, I thought he worked really, really well alongside Polinia. And as you said, Sam, may, maybe... Just did enough. I mean Harrison Reed is always great as this little pit bull, you know, incredibly hardworking player. Um, but but maybe um the dynamic between Canny and Polinia um a couple of days ago was I don't know, something something a little bit different and pretty exciting actually.
1: Jack, I've actually got a question for you. Do you reckon um, Silva gave them an absolute hiding after the last couple of games and you just really drilled them into, like, in a completely new state of mind? Or do you reckon it's just a shift of the squad cohesion was just perfect the other day?
0: No, I don't think he would have given a bollocking. I don't think he needs to, perfectly honest. Like, yeah. uh, these these guys are all professionals. You... You can shout at them in the moment after a game and stuff, and he might have done, but I think, you know, you get back to motspo Park, um, game on Saturday, maybe on Monday or Tuesday, I don't think there's any need to drill anything extra into them. They know what they did wrong, um, uh, and it's just about playing the way we play. And, look, this is the way Fulham always play. It's just we don't always play well. But mm-hmm. th- there was nothing, like, tactically that we did hugely different. Um, you know, we, we saw a lot of Ann and Robinson working in tandem together. We saw Kenny pulling the strings. We saw the defenders stepping up and playing the ball between each other. We saw Polinia making tackles. Um, Iwobi sort of having this free-running sort of role where he, he just floats around really nicely. And um, I, I think the team selection was uh, was pretty bang on. At the time, I thought I'm not 100% sure about starting Deckard over Reid, but yeah. um, I, I I don't mind it when you've got Willian coming back into the team and we saw Bobby sort of drop back and do a little bit of work defensively and um, Castagna sort of drift in and have a back five when we really needed it. But look, I, I think it's just one of those things where sometimes it, it clicks and sometimes it doesn't and it really didn't. With the Burnley and Bournemouth games, and I don't think we needed to massively shake things up. I think we just needed to get back to basics more than anything. Um, mm. And I don't think bollocking professional footballers is actually the best way to get the the best out of them either. And I don't think it's Silver's way either. He he much prefers to bollock a fourth official or a referee than the players. I think. Um. Look, going in one all at half time, like like you both said, I, I wasn't really expecting to pull one back that quickly. Even though we were playing well, it felt like one of those games where you just continue to go and go and go and couldn't get that lucky break. But, uh, Dad, as I sort of said when we were watching it, and I think we both said, the ball just felt like it was falling our way fairly often. We were constantly getting ain't to that, the second ball.
2: Ain't that always but, the way when you're playing well?
0: Well, for sure. I mean, there's, I think luck goes your way a little bit. And it did seem like, you know, occasionally when the ball's, um, you know, pinballing around, it did seem to fall to our feet more so. And we saw that with the second goal where um, it's a good cross in. Polina comfortably beats Declan Rice to the ball. He he runs towards the goal, then steps back. And Declan Rice can't get close to him. Unfortunately, Polina's header is straight into Declan Rice. Hits Rice on the shoulder, then goes, I think it hits Tommy Yasu. And it, yeah, it does. Pinballs around. But like I said, the ball was falling our way. It falls to Bobby Decadova-Reed. Close range. Toe pokes the ball into the roof of the net. 2-1 Fulham. And look, for me, I was not expecting that. Even though we were playing really well, everything seemed to be going our way. Um, wasn't really expecting this kind of result and to actually go 2-1 up. Um, but, geez, doesn't Bobby constantly score these goals? Remember, he scored that goal against Liverpool as well. He always seems to be in the right place at the right time when things are going our way. It is perfect karma as well, because just before that goal,
1: Saliba is just pushing him to the ground, bullying him. He's got, like, 50 centimetres on him. He's massive compared to Bobby. And just to see Bobby just... Pivot around him, and just perfect karma. Just slip it in so clean. He's he. I mean, uh, the the term Swiss Army knife has been thrown around a million times, but I just I just appreciate that man. With every year, he is he's really an unsung hero in a lot of ways, in my opinion. He just he just comes up with the goods and just when you've forgotten about him, he always comes back. You can, you can always guarantee you probably about seven key goals a season. And I've had my frustrations with Bobby because he never seems to like playing in whatever position he's supposed to be in, but uh, he's, he's so great. I love Bobby Deca reed
2: Yeah. I think to be fair to him, I think that, as you've already mentioned, Sam, that was a really gritty, gritty performance and, Really hard working and really took a few for the team uh, yesterday. Worked incredibly hard. Why do I keep saying yesterday? It was two days ago, and um, I, I, I think there's a really great reward for him to get such a key goal. And um, well, I, I love the guy. couldn't 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 be happier for him. And I think it was well deserved. And just as Saka was in the right place at the right time, when you're hot. You're hot, and things like that happen. And mm. we had a number of players in the box, and yeah, scrappy, and the balls, you know, pinballing about. But unless you've got numbers in there, you 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 can't capitalise. So, absolutely fair play to us.
1: You talk a lot as well with like about players you have like speed or strength, but I mean vision and reactions and just it just footballing mentality i feel that bobby just has that in abundance like he just sees the game sometimes in a way which like just most players don't and willian's got a lot of that as well it doesn't necessarily matter how like fast or slow he is he just sees it um in a really really great way I, I genuinely think Bobby Decadavery will probably be a good manager one day. Like he just he just seems to just find himself there. And I could I could see him totally translating that at a later point in his career. I I love the man. He's fantastic.
0: Well, it'd be very interesting with the transfer window upon us. I don't think anything massive is or major is gonna happen with Fulham players leaving in the January transfer window, but I, I think at the end of the season Bobby's contract might be up. Yeah, maybe. Um, if if not, then he's definitely only one season after that but he he's probably one of those players where you do have to consider do we keep someone like that because you know no offense to Bobby, we, we do love him, but he's not a superstar player yeah. and he's probably one of those players that you're looking at as uh, same as Harrison Reed, for example, these are guys who are solid players but if you want to actually take that next step, you need to upgrade those two. Um, in a similar fashion to Tim Ream, who we, you know, had an amazing season last year and we would never think about usurping Tim Ream, but now you've got someone like Calvin Bassey and you go, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. And that's what we're going to be looking at for blokes like Bobby and Harrison Reed over the next 12 months, two years, depending on how results go. So it, it, it definitely raises an interesting question about where his future lies and if we're actually, you know... Gonna see Bobby over the next couple of years, but mm. um, look, uh, Fulham 2 1 up. Um, this, this game was interesting because I don't know about you guys, and admittedly, when I watched the full game because it happened on New Year's Eve, I was had a half an eye on it for the whole night, so I sort of knew what was happening when I watched the full game the, the next day with dad with a very bad hangover, um, which kicked in also at about half time, um, but it really never felt like I didn't overly feel nervous in this second half. Um, Arsenal just really seemed to struggle to create anything. And I think that's credit to our back four and a huge credit to Anthony Robinson, who just pocketed Saka for the whole game. And we saw it when Liverpool came and visited us, Anthony Robinson, and you understand why teams like Liverpool and Man City are sniffing around Robinson at the moment, because he has this weird knack and ability to shut down super, super high-level players, and Saka just didn't get a sniff. After that fifth minute, Saka just seemed to, you know, basically disappear off the face of the earth. Uh, the he had an attempt on goal of volley that he really should have put away, and put. Uh, almost over the top of the stand. And then late in the game, Giappolini absolutely cleaned him up in what has to be one of the best tackles I have ever seen. It's amazing. Um, But but guys, a a word on Robinson, because he created a lot going forward. He was great defensively. Do you think there's a big move for him in the future or do you think he's someone that Fulham will try and tie down long-term?
2: I think, well, I, I guess it depends on the 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 price that the market sets for for Robinson. I mean, if people were only prepared to pay thirty million for him, I don't care what we we bought him for. I I wouldn't sell him for thirty million because I think I think he's too valuable to Fulham. Mm. Um, c- could he be worth eighty million? Well, I suppose if Man City or Chelsea wanted him than he is Um, but uh, you know uh, he's he's not the complete footballer and I don't think I'm being unfair I think he's remarkably talented and he does a number of things really well he's he's blisteringly quick he's deceptively good for a guy who's predominantly one-footed he's amazingly adept at getting round people with one, you know, kind of one strong foot. Tom Kearney's a bit the same. The, the mm. way Tom Kearney can literally turn in a tight circle with a ball on the end of his boot, um, when it was a moment, there was actually a moment in in a game where, where Jack said, I can't remember who the Arsenal player was, where Jack said, who doesn't know which way canny's about to turn? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it was. It was yeah. geez. The, the Arsenal team really have not done their research if they don't realize Tom Kearney is going to turn in a circle on the instep of his left foot like he always does. Do you know yeah. what? I actually think that's
1: a pretty and, stupid of observation. Sorry, yeah, no, no, dad, you finish your point.
2: Yeah, and I, I think um, it often gets more difficult for Robinson when he's in a really tight corner and when, when he has a lot of space. And there are no other players around. It's just one-on-one. He's often very adept at running around players. And he's just a very, very, very good athlete. Uh, But in a tight situation, you do do need confidence on both feet to get yourself out of trouble. And the best players can do it. So I I guess what I'm saying is, you know, is a Real Madrid going to be after him? I I, I doubt it. It's just not that sort of complete football. Maybe a severe. You know what I'm saying?
0: Well, I mean, I mean, so no, he, he's there. There's apparent interest from from Liverpool and Man City at the moment. We, we, I think he's been one of, uh, you know, there's a lot of them, but he's been one of our best signings for for a long time. Considering we picked him up from Wigan after they got relegated for two million pounds. Um, yeah. You know, uh, as uh, I think it's Colm in our live chat, saying, "Oh, Steve, sorry," saying, you know, his market value is twenty million pounds at the moment. I'd say realistically, that means your your actual value and what you'll sell for, especially in January, would be forty to fifty million pounds. Realistically, yeah, Um, Yeah. he he's he's been a great pickup for us. The only thing I'd say is his end product isn't ideal. And if you look at the top tier uh, left or right backs in the league, Alexander Arnold, Kieran Trippier, Luke Shaw, these are guys who pick up. 10 15 assists a season. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. Anthony Robinson, this season from you know 20 odd appearances, has three assists, which is a very good season for Robinson. Um, I actually think, which he's, is why I, I think just his, think he's coming won't in. Take a step
2: up. I actually think the balls coming in from Robinson have a bit more venom about them. If if I'm I, I right, agree, right.
0: They're, they're 100% improved, but what I'm, what I'm mm. saying is he's still not at that level that would justify totally that big money move for me because I, I don't totally think, agree. you know, the, the the analysis teams of those big six sides, we would look at him going, yep, yeah, he, he adds a lot, but we actually need, because we're not defending that much as a big six team, we actually need someone who can give us that final product and, and create chances for us. And he doesn't really add that at the moment. Yeah, so that's, what, that's, what would that's
2: your price mean, be? What would your price be?
0: I think the price would well, probably be... I reckon the price would
1: probably be around about forty million, maybe uh thirty or forty. no, no your price, is.
2: your price. What would you accept for him?
1: I'd probably accept anything between like um uh, twenty and thirty. Because honestly, if you I, I, okay, here's here's the point that I actually want to want to get to. I think he is really good, and I think he has done leaps and bounds for us over the years. Um, I still don't necessarily think he is Silva's ultimate um uh, left back. I think. Um, the left back that Silva actually wants is kind of on the horizon. Um, uh, I mean, I I don't know if he wants somebody equally as speedy. There's just... My only issue with um, Robinson is there's just not as much consistency with him because he can have an amazing game up against like uh, a Chelsea opposition, he's really at his best when he overexerts. But then when he plays someone like Dan ba- um, Dan Burn or whatever, he just has like a shocker. Um, and I feel like that can't be screaming, come get me to um, uh, the upper echelon teams. I mean, I could see him at an inter... I think that's Milan, a bit harsh.
2: Like
0: that. Well, that I, it, it's a might, bit be harsh. Harsh. Yeah. it
1: might be
2: harsh. Because if you think disagree. about last season, he was... Remarkably consistent, I, I think. I think it was very he consistent.
1: Was. He was, but like, if I like, I just I'm just not entirely convinced that, um, if because f- uh, football is brutal, and I'm just not entirely convinced that he is 100% silvers out and out. I want you for the future. Uh, I think he's amazing for now, and he's really, really good for yeah, now. In I, I disagree time, with that. Well, you're allowed to. That's the whole point of what we're doing. But like, I, I think in two years' time, I'm not necessarily sure if he's going to be 100% what Silver wants. Um, I don't know. I don't know.
0: Uh, I, well, I don't think before, whole just before you go, what we're doing is to disagree with each other. But I, I think the the point is uh, consider the way Fulham play, especially down the left hand side. It's custom built for someone like Anthony Robinson, who mm. has that extreme speed plays with a really tricky winger in Willian, which is again why we signed an extension and pay Willian a, a crazy amount of money for his age. It, it, I, I think he's exactly what Silver is looking for in a left back. And and it, we exploit it constantly because he fits the mold perfectly. But I don't think that translates to a step up to a bigger side. And, and if I answered your question, Dad, of how much of what's my price, it, it's similar to Pallinia where I don't think I would be happy selling him at any price unless we had a very good replacement in for him. So, we, yeah, we could sell it. Like, And it's a similar issue to the Mitro so situation. What where.
2: That, what does that cost you?
0: Well, I, it's, I mean, he cost us $2 million, so I, I don't know what it costs us. But usually with someone like that, you'd have someone waiting in the wings, like we've got with Castagna and Tete at the moment, where you feel like if we had to sell Kenny Teta, you've got Castagna to back you up. We don't have anything at left back. So yeah. that makes him priceless well, really at the moment.
2: Yeah. I mean, if Tim Ream had a little bit more in the engine, Bassi's a left a left back back backup, technically. Yeah. And so is Castagna. A, a,
1: agree. Still agree. You're good at centre back uh,
0: though. Yeah, I think it, it just they're they're, I agree. Fill-ins. they're it's like playing Bobby mm. at right back again. Like he could do it, yeah, mm. and it would be probably fine. But we're talking about taking the next step, and really, I think you yeah, need yeah, to. Yeah, I agree. You need to get forty to spend, you know, twenty on a really good Bassy esque player who maybe didn't have a move work out somewhere else, or uh, yeah, it's 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 hard to answer. Really, I, I think it's. Um he, he's a player who's evolved over the last couple of years and he he's kind of becoming priceless for us. I know he's not the perfect defender, but geez, when he's on, he is really on. Um mm. and, and it's been well, great in these last I, few weeks to see him really take that next step.
2: I guess that's pure and simply my point. Is he's, he's by no means the perfect left back Premier League footballer or you know, elite level footballer. But I, for us, I think he works really, really well. And he's got some good things going with Willian. And, you know, he he, he fits very well in our little system. So for me, like a Polinia, because he's such a key player for us, I, I, I'd want a lot of money. And maybe a lot of money mm. is probably more than most people to be prepared to pay. I, I'd want 50, 50 million pounds for him. Um, and yeah. And... You know he probably isn't going to get that unless someone a drunken sailor walks through the door. Um, I don't know I, anyway. think, I think
1: I think you actually could get fifty mil for him um because I don't think that's a crazy crazy ask. I think um, I think the good thing about um Taylor making your left back position for a really speedy player actually works really, really well enough. Our favor um, because the 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 int- the, the interesting um, comparison between um, Paulina and Robinson is I think there are a lot of players who can actually do what Robinson does at a pretty sufficient level um, that could fit in pretty quickly because um, there's you're not short of pacey left backs uh, in either the Championship or the Premier League who need starting time. Uh, Paulina is Paulina is very very different for me because I reckon Paulina is probably Top three center back, um sorry uh, uh defensive midfielders in the world. Uh, I mean, I can't really think of too many better. if he's not um top five, he'd be at least top ten in my opinion.
2: well we we were having this conversation as well, and in in terms of tacklers he's <sighs> he's nuts. right at the top. And you know, so so the defensive work that he does in breaking up play and uh, just getting the ball back, intimidating players. I, I, I you know there was a number of players, soccer included, who jump when they hear Polinia coming uh, <laughs> and get a, get out of the way because they know what's going to happen. And it's really. But yeah. but but you know, you have to look at a play like Declan Rice. And you know he's he's a very very good player, great two-footed player. He he can play those really deadly balls into attack to set up, you know something quite exciting. And he, he's he's a very complete player. Just just by way of example, yeah. And again, I think Pelinia is one of those perfect players for us because I don't I actually don't think he's the full complete genuine elite level article without being disrespectful to the man at all i think he's an incredible player who's kind of perfect for what fulham need and uh he's he's just this destroyer in midfield but um i, I i'm not sure as jack and i were discussing uh, the other day you know do do man city need someone like that in uh, defensive midfield probably not
1: well they've got Rodri who's probably the best in the world so I and mean, yeah um it's that was actually a really like if we can talk about that for a minute it's really really interesting seeing a matchup between Rice and Polina because I mean I feel that Rice had to be a lot silkier and less destructive than he would otherwise typically be because oh, Polina was bossing that midfield. He was boss in that midfield. And for the amount that Declan Rice went for, really, really interesting showcase when you put them um, against each other.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought Polina played Rice off the park yesterday. Me too. Polina was, yesterday, Polina was obviously the better player. Um, and Declan Rice is is a class player. You could see it as well in, in some of, his movement and some of his passing. He, he set up quite a few Arsenal chances, which they weren't able to actually put away. But if, if you're looking at, you know, just on yesterday's, oh, yesterday on the game's performance, it, it was hands down. Polina was far, far superior. Sure, sure, and sure. and it does at that point, you have to look at the costings for those two players and say, Polina is making a case for being worth, you know, in the same ballpark region of, of that $100 million mark. Um totally. a, a point I did make to Dad, which is a, an interesting sidebar conversation that uh, we'll probably end up having at some point about Polina, he's obviously touted to go to some of these big, big name clubs, Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool, Bayern, all considering a move for him. I think even Newcastle have shown some interest now as well. The one consideration there is, you know, Polina's strength is he's tackling he's not the greatest passer he can score a goal um but but really you buy Polina for the tackles mm. now when you're those top six sides and and those you know giants of world football that we talk about you don't really need a player who makes those tackles you often come out of games with 70% possession and, and you you are actually looking for players like a Declan Rice who can pass the ball um, like a Casemiro who's, who's got a range of passing, uh, a Rodri, a Gundogan, those kind of players who, yes, they have the defensive ability to, to shut stuff down, but really you want them creating as well and, and adding a little bit more going forward than just defensively. Really? If you want a, a great defensive player, you buy really good center backs who mm. dominate when the ball gets even close to them. Um, so uh, there is a conversation to be had around: Does Pellegrini's style of play actually suit a top six club? Um, I, I know he's very impressive every time he plays against top six clubs, but maybe that's because he has to be. Whereas if you we, move to, a we team don't like have possession. Arsenal, hmm. you, you move to a team like Arsenal, you don't have to be. You, you have seventy percent possession in most games, and really, you need someone yeah. deep that's, who that's can pass great. the ball around, like Declan Rice did. Um, and, and look, it's a it's a tangent of a conversation, um and it's probably one that we will eventually have when Polinia does move on, hopefully at the end of the season and not in summer or maybe never, um, yeah. we can dream. but um look, I'd I, I want to sort of get a a bit of a final word on this game and just how big a result it was. We've got a a pretty tough month ahead of us. If we look at um obviously not the this the game coming up against Rotherham, but, we do have to play Chelsea. We've got a couple of games against Liverpool. Um, I think our easiest fixture is is probably Everton, who are definitely not an easy easy beat at the moment. Yeah. How, how do you see this one affecting the squad in general, considering it's such a big victory, but there's so much more on the horizon for us at the moment?
2: Well, the one thing we haven't talked about is Alex Awobi and how effective he was in the middle. And and obviously January means losing both the Woby and Bassey. and it's not just about the numbers of, of we lose two, we play Liverpool. They've only lost one. It, it's how important they are to us, and we've seen the effect that a couple of good key players can have on us. In Raúl and Willian being out, it, it 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 can be very significant. So uh, I'm not sure what the state of Tim Ream's uh, fitness is let's hope he's back even if he is back he's been out for a while so well diop diop's, you know, diop's been be...
0: coming on recently so you'd expect that diop will slot into that I spot
2: i don't don't love i don't love diop at, at you know centre back on right. the left mm.
0: uh,
2: don't don't love him there obviously you know he can he can defend and he's good in the air and he's He knows the players and and he's completely integrated in the squad. So it's not a disaster, but it's probably as bad as Kelvin Bassi on the right Um, and just not ideal. Uh, You know, can we live without Iwobi? Yeah, sure. If Pereira plays like, if Pereira plays at his best, absolutely great. But Iwobi has proven himself to be, uh, an incredibly hard working player and he he just injects such a lot of energy into our best performances so that's a big a big big miss for us i think yeah look,
1: I, think, I think i think i think um i think going forward the, i almost see this game as a bit of a showcase and a bit of a plea to potential um other players who want to come to fulham just uh, it because the, the seed is there for something so perfect. And if you're um, not getting the game time that you essentially want, and there's plenty of players out there who are top draw, top quality, who are just lost in the rotation, um, there is so much opportunity. So I really hope um, at least uh, the, the project is tantalizing enough to get um who we need and just um flood us a little bit so we just have um so much more to like build off of because we're coming off of a really really promising building point um it, it does it does kind of feel like a lot of the building blocks are there for uh, an equally as special season as we had um last season even though last season was a bit of a marvel so, like, I'm, I'm really, really optimistic about um, everything at the moment, which is, I mean, obvious after a win like this. Um, I really hope the wind stays in our sails. Uh, but again, it's that, it's that, tep- <laughs> it's that um, peppered with that little bit of being a Fulham fan of just, I have no idea what next week brings. And it's against Chelsea as well. I, okay, if we if we um get a result against Arsenal and Chelsea in a two week period, we like we're we're gonna be on cloud nine and we're gonna have some serious energy for whatever comes next. Um, I just really hope I see it.
2: I, I think I think it's a very good point that you make about the fact if you think of transfer window about to open, um, th- you'd think that the key players that we're really trying to get over the line would be watching pretty closely. And what a great oh, yeah. result for them to actually begin to believe if there was any doubt about what this team could be and what they could be part of. That's a very, very good late advertising campaign. You know, that you know those elections where you're kind of 48% and everyone's polling against you and then you have – a great speech, or someone picks up and kisses a baby, and uh, yeah. and then you win.
1: Well, silver. I think no, silver he, is a manager... More, you, has
0: need a, you need a you need a scandal hold. from the opposition, which is exactly what Chelsea are giving us at the moment. Yeah, so true, so true. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, we'll, look. Let's have a quick look at some stats as we round this one out. Um, Fulham holding forty percent possession to Arsenal sixty doesn't tell the full story, I don't think, because I believe at halftime it was 50 all and um, uh, I think that skyrocketed at the end as we sat back and defended fairly comfortably. Um, Fulham, 15 shots to Arsenal's 13, four on target to Arsenal's three. Fulham with 412 passes to Arsenal's 637, five corners to four for Fulham and four fouls to Arsenal, sorry, 11 fouls to Arsenal's 10. Um, A quick look at the table. Fulham sitting in 13th place with 24 points. Unfortunately, our goal difference is back down to minus seven, despite being zero a few weeks ago, which um, is a bit disappointing. But look, there's a a healthy gap to Luton now who are in 18th place. Um, We are nine points clear of the drop zone. Um, And look, I I think there's reason to be positive when you look at this. Um, Ahead of us at the moment, Just four points ahead of us. We have Chelsea, five points ahead of us, Newcastle. The top half is well within reach, and a couple of good results could really see us actually jump up there. If you look at our next league fixtures, we've got to play Chelsea, Everton, Burnley, Bournemouth. Um, I'd be hoping for bounce-backs against Burnley and Bournemouth at the start of February. I think Everton is a tough game, but we've proven already that we can beat Everton this season. And Chelsea, in their current form, look, that really should be a game that we're targeting as a, as a winnable game, even though it is at Stanford bridge. Um, But there's, there's a potential there to pick up, you know, nine points from those four games. I'd be crossing my fingers and hoping we can get something out of those minimum six or seven points. And that takes us to that 30 point mark with 24 games gone really means you kind of just have to limp forward and get another couple of wins before the end of the season to effectively be safe. But Our next actual fixture is against Rotherham in the FA Cup. Now, this game's a Friday night game, Friday the 5th of January, 7.30 p.m. kickoff. It's 3.30 for us on the west coast of Australia, 6.30 on the east coast. It's an 11.30 a.m. kickoff Pacific time and 2.30 p.m. kickoff Eastern time in the U.S. That's on a Friday for the U.S. on a Saturday for Australia. Um, Guys, Rotherham really struggling at the moment sitting bottom of the championship. Um, Their their recent results haven't actually been terrible. They lost a couple of games due to having red cards. Um, They've picked up draws against Blackburn, who are doing well, Uh, picked up a draw against Sunderland. They beat Middlesbrough. They're not terrible, but, I mean, they're bottom of the championship. We should be expecting to beat them quite comfortably. Do you expect to see a lot of rotation for this game, considering this is a Rotherham team who Fulham haven't lost to since uh, 1992 so it's been 30 32 years now since fulham lost to Rotherham and uh, the last few times we've played them we've beaten them comfortably we're obviously on a, on a completely different plane uh, how many changes do you expect do you think we'll see youth players do you think it's just going to be squad players and rotation what what are we thinking
2: well i think that i think <clears throat> silver likes a cup run I think he fancies his chances. We're always whinging about how awful our draws normally are. This is a great draw. We should be making absolutely sure of it. So I wouldn't be putting the kids out. Um, And I'd, I'd, I'd probably start with a fairly decent team, try to get a couple of goals ahead, maybe two or three goals ahead, and look to make significant changes, you know, certainly in the middle of the park and up front, uh, for the second half, without completely, uh, um, you know, giving them a chance at the back.
1: I I actually reckon Dad's um, a little bit more on the money there. I reckon I reckon Silva doesn't play, and I think we'll actually be surprised at how seriously he'll probably take a game against Roth. Uh, I oh sorry I can't speak. I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, I think I think he'll take uh, that very very seriously. And he'll put out um, maybe one or two changes. But um, otherwise, I think he'll do a um, pretty full squad uh, and then just probably do some youth rotation and probably um, put uh, Jimenez in the best position to score as many goals as he can just to build up his confidence and then probably do some significant changes at halftime just to see if either... Muniz can get a goal or uh, Vinicius can get a goal, depending on how he's feeling.
2: I can see uh, William I, I... rested, Castagna rested, give Kenny a run. I can see Robinson rested. Obviously, Leno's going to be rested. Um, and may, yeah. may, maybe um, Diop comes in. And if, uh, what's the state of Ream? He, I mean, this would be a great opportunity for Tim Ream to play if he's getting seen.
0: closest Tim Ream and, and um <coughs> Adama Trial right? I, mean, I, I disagree. Oh, I right. actually think Fulham are going to make uh, 11 changes, but I mean, the only people for me who probably hold their spot, um, maybe Deckwood Overeed, overreed and maybe Tom Kearney. Um, I, I think we, we should see De Fusero's play, I think we'll see. Balotore start, Rodak start, yeah. um, Diop will probably start. Um, like you say, Castagna should get a rest. Pellegrini almost certainly won't play. Um, I wouldn't have thought you'd play Jimenez. Why Why play him at the moment? There's, there's too many big games coming up, and it's too big a risk. We play yeah. this game yeah. on the 5th. We then have to play Liverpool. I think it's the 10th we play them, so five days later. Um, we've got Chelsea on the 13th we've got a second leg against Liverpool. Like, you know, I, I don't a hundred percent know the rules for sure, but imagine if Jimenez gets a red card and ends up being suspended for, uh, um, league cup games or for our games against Chelsea, Bournemouth and Burnley again. Mm. Like it, it just feels helped. like, or, or Pelina or, you know, <laughs> you don't want these guys picking up silly yellow cards or anything like that. That could any yeah. p- put them in any potential risk or a little niggle. Like, You saw with Diop's challenge where it looked very innocuous. I don't think anything really happened, Mm. but it ended up being him out for two months. And imagine if you play Rotherham in the FA Cup third round and you pick up a stupid injury that, especially with Bassi and Awobi about to go off to AFCON as well, like it's the last thing you want is to potentially have a slip up. And I, I genuinely believe if we fully rotate this squad, and play our backup players. They should be good enough to beat Rotherham. And you do oh, yeah. you, you keep players like Jimenez and Polina and uh, w- Ann Wilson on the bench so that they can come on and influence the game if we do go down to try and get a win. Because uh, I mean, looking at the draw as well, it's a good draw for for Fulham. You, you look at Crystal Palace drew Everton, uh, Tottenham drew Burnley, Brentford drew Wolves. Um, uh, who else have we got? Um, Arsenal drew Liverpool. So you're instantly having it's an amazing five rule. Premier League it's teams incredible. knocked out. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of draws where teams in the Championship have drawn teams in League 2, um, teams in the Championship drawing teams in League 3, League 2 teams playing each other. Like There's the potential to get a nice, comfortable draw all the way through to the latter stages of the FA Cup. But I think you have to look at the present and look at the fact that we've got some really important games coming up in the next two weeks or so. And it would just be such a shame to imagine if we, we lost our opportunity to get to a league cup final because we got an injury against Rotherham. It it would, it would be heartbreaking. So I just feel like you fully rotate and you actually protect those guys to make sure that we get the best possible chance at Liverpool and you give them a more of a break as well. I think Liverpool have um they, they play on the seventh of January, so we've got two extra days rest ahead of them. Um it's it it feels like an opportunity to to rotate as much as possible. These are the few times in the season where you get those guys off the bench and some of them um some of the under twenty ones who've been playing really well and, and it also could be a final opportunity for some of these guys uh, to actually prove their worth. You know, yeah. we talk about Vinny having some offers coming in. Muniz potentially being a candidate to go out on loan somewhere. It's it might be the chance for them to go out and say, "This is the reason you should keep me around," and, and it might be a chance for Silver to look at them and go, "This is the reason you're off." So yeah. cool. it, it does feel like a, a time to rotate as much as possible without throwing the game away. I don't think there's a chance that we'll put out a silly eleven that will lose this one. Um, but I, I, for me, I'd like to see rotation uh, and some focus on the Sorry. the more important games coming up.
2: Does Luke Harris get a start?
0: Oh, does does oh, he man. ever? I'd like to yeah. see him start. But, <laughs> um, but uh, I guess when you consider the rotation, he he probably should. We're losing Alex Awobi, and so Pereira becomes yeah. that linchpin attacking midfield. The next person in queue there is probably usually Tom Kearney or or Wilson or Willian, but they should all probably be rested too. So it does feel like this is an opportunity for a Luke Harris um, or or even potentially some of the other under 21s. Dibley Diaz, I'm not sure if he's fully recovered from his injury yet. Um, But, you know, there's some good young players who are performing really well for the under 21s. Maybe it's time to give them a bit of a chance and see what they can do. And if they prove themselves, then Silva can go, you know what, we don't need Vinny and Muniz here at the moment, let's mm. shift them on, and we can rely on our youth players and, and potentially rely on other players we're bringing in in the transfer window too. There, there's, there's a lot to this. I don't think it's as uh, simple as just rotating the team and seeing if you get a win. There's there's actually a lot more going on behind the scenes, I think, that's that no, quite fun. important for the transfer window and for the rest of our season. No, I think I think you're on the money. Yeah. So I mean, we'll we'll see how that goes. It's it's I wouldn't call it a big game for us. I think the League Cup, the fact that we've got to the League Cup semi is great. I think we don't want to stretch ourselves too thin almost and get to another semi final. That would be ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but it, it's definitely an opportunity to try something different. And and I, I'm Fairly positive going into this game that we should be able to get a result and overcome a Rotherham side who, you know, they will also be thinking to themselves, we need to concentrate on the league because uh, uh, they are currently how many points adrift? Um, like o- almost 10 points adrift more than halfway through the season of, of safety. So they've got their thoughts elsewhere at the moment as well. And they wouldn't want to lose any key players in this game. Um Guys, before we do wrap up, there's one other bit of business to touch on, some contract extensions which happened over the last couple of days. Tim Ream and Tom Kearney both having their contracts extended. This sees both of them come into their 10th year at Fulham by the time their contract's up. Um, I guess just a quick word on both of them. We've seen a resurgence in the last few years. Uh, Tim Ream last season, Tom Kenny this season, just – how important are these two guys to Fulham over the last 10 years?
2: Oh. Hard, hard to um, put, quantify. You know, yeah, difficult to quantify. I think, I, I don't think Tom Kearney is loved just because just he's a nice guy and he's got a, a, a million-dollar dollar smile. He's uh, He's been not only a wonderful servant, he's a very, very, very useful player. And he's a great player to watch. And after all, that is why people support football teams, because they want to watch um, something that's very entertaining. He's a very entertaining player. Tim Ream's something a bit different. I think Tim Ream is, you know, he's a very solid, committed, you know, he's a guy you go over the top with. And um, he's just your stalwart, absolute brick of a defender. Um, And, yeah, both of these guys have been absolutely incredible in the twilight of their career, not just uh, holding their own, but actually showing us something a little different when people probably thought they were beyond it. So I am delighted, and and in the light of the conversation we had about Bobby Deckard over Reed, I think it bodes well for how – Silva is thinking about some of these more senior players going forward. Uh, I'm I'm very happy, uh, not just from a sentimental perspective. I'm very happy that these guys are staying as part of the the group because they're really really important. And uh, look at Kenny, look at what he's done. Uh, not not just dug us out of a problem. He's actually provided something really special this season. As Uh, Tim Ream did last season and obviously you know Tim Ream had that injury at the end of uh, last season and um, he's struggling a little bit with the body this year but I, I think he's still got it in him he's certainly got it in him to be a very very able backup and if he doesn't if he's not required to play every week he can utterly do a job for us
1: I'm I'm do you know I'm actually really um uh, this is this is one of those moments where I'm just really happy and really proud to be a film fan because I really recently saw um a video clip of Frank Lampard talking about how um Chelsea after years and years and years of service, basically said that um he was done with a week period to emotionally prepare for that and then he was essentially out and then a similar thing happened with um People like Beckham, and it's quite it's quite a well documented story where um, players just don't aren't necessarily cared about by teams that they've given a lot to, and it's just really nice to know that we don't really appear to be one of those clubs. You could even almost argue, even to a fault, we hang on to our players a little bit too much mm. longer just for like sentimentality. But you know what? I'd rather be that, and I'd rather um, give both Tom Kenny and Tim Ream the time to like retire when they want to retire. I mean, honestly, Tim Ream is very famously said, uh, I will retire when they kick me out. And I love that about him. And if we're kicking a 58 year old Tim Ream out, then (laughs) that's absolutely fine with me. I love both these guys. I think they've done so, so well. Um, uh, And they've uh, aged into this squad so beautifully. And, I really, it's not a uh, clinging on in a kind of, like, sad way to, like, the past. It's appreciating the present and appreciating that these guys will always have something to offer for them. And I think that's really, really lovely. And it makes me very, very proud of my club.
2: Yeah, well said, Samuel.
0: Yeah, look, I'm... I love sentimentality, but at the same time, and it might be years of playing football manager and happily culling players at the end of a season. Oh, I know um, it too well. But it's it, it, this feels different purely because Tim Ream and Tom yes, there's, there is sentimentality there. And look, at times over the last three years, maybe four years, there have been moments for both of these players when I've said, or at least thought, time's up and and, you know it's not working I love you guys but it's we just need to move on what I can say is these two have constantly and over and over again just proved us wrong Mm. Tim Ream last season was arguably our player of the season Tom Kearney this season is a man reborn and look it's A testament to both of them the fact that they've played 300 games at the club there's not many teams around especially in the premier league especially mid-table in the premier league who have players who have played three or two players both regularly starting for them who have played 300 plus games together um I, i just while you guys are talking had a quick look at the season when Tim Ream and Tom Kenny joined Fulham back in 2015-16 season. They both joined at the start of the season. Um, and, you know, that was the season that Fulham finished 20th in the championship. Um, mm-hmm. We were 10 points off getting relegated um, down to League One that season. Like, these two guys have, have been with us through thick and thin and seen promotions and relegations. They've They've seen multiple different managers. If you think about... Um, you know, the fact that they, they were both signed by uh, Kit Simons uh, in oh, maybe not that season, actually. Oh, no, it was Kit Simons signed um, Signed them. It was um, that season we had Kit Simons, Peter Grant, Stuart Gray and Slavisa as manager. Um, and I'm pretty sure uh,
1: all of them have told Tim Ream they don't want him anymore. And he's proved every single one of them wrong.
0: Well, I, I remember Tim Ream saying in an interview, yeah, when... Slavisa took over at the end of 2015 uh, and Tim Ream had only just been signed from Bolton and Slavisa told him that, yeah, he's, he's not good enough. Um, but he knuckled down and just kept working and working and working and, you know, proved prove them wrong. And I think it can be said that both of these players have consistently done that and consistently proved us wrong. Um, and, and look, they're, they're huge personalities behind closed doors, both of them wear the captain's armband when they take to the field. It, it's just a it, it. It feels good, firstly, to know that these guys have been um, treated well and getting their contracts extended. And I think also it's not just the the sentimentality of it; it's the fact that they're two very good squad players, and we're tying down good squad players to, admittedly, just single year contracts. But at least we're forward planning and saying we want tim ream and tom kenny at fulham next season too so it's it's a, it's a big call um happens just before the transfer window and, and i'm i'm just so pleased about it they they both deserve it hugely um and look i'm looking forward to their testimonial games you get a testimonial after 10 years would love to see the tom kenny all stars versus the tim ream all stars and get some <laughs> fulham players from uh, from the last sort of 20 years to come back and play at Craven Cottage, I think that would be an outstanding way to celebrate both of these players and their importance to the club. Um, and look, it's, you know, there are two captains over the last six or seven years, I think it's been, since they've both been given the armband. And it, it's it's just a good a good feeling moment, especially off the back of the Arsenal win. Um, a really nice piece of news to, to start off 2024. Um, here? Yeah, yeah. One final thing before we close it out. Um, Fulham women's team have their first game back. Um, They'll be playing in the, uh, I hate pronouncing the name of this, the the London and South East Regional Women's League Cup. (laughs) Um, They're playing against the Dulwich Hamlet Reserves. That game's taking place at Motspur Park on the 7th of January. It's 2.30pm kickoff. Um, So please do get down and support them. It's a good way for the girls to get back into it, um, obviously having the break over winter, uh, not over winter, sorry, over Christmas. Um, it's a, a good time to actually come back and, uh, you know, stretch the legs a little bit, get a game against the reserves team in a cup um, and, and hopefully get a, a, a little bit of that um, that cohesion back after a bit of a break. We always know we saw it, especially after the, the World Cup break last year, how it can really disrupt um, a good flow, which the Fulham women's team have had over the last few weeks. With um, The week after, they'll be playing against Aylesford away from home. So it's a, a good way to get back into it with a cup game against uh, Dulwich Reserves. So, um, look, guys, I think at that point we can definitely wrap it up. We've covered uh, a superb result. It was rowly, really, rowly really good. Jesus, that's bad. Thank that's you. Bad, man. <laughs> Thank you. As Dad said beforehand, uh he's not judging because I'll tell him to make one up as well and uh absolute hassle. Um <laughs> but before we do close out, I just had a question come in on the live stream and um from Johnny Pap. Um he we, we did discuss this in the last podcast as well, actually. Fabio Carvalho to be loaned in. Quick one word answers from both of you. Would you take Carvalho? Yes or no?
2: Uh, I'd take them on a loan as long as there was an option to buy, not a, not a straight loan. Sammy?
1: Yeah, loan with option to buy. I If yeah. if, uh, if you want to hear my thoughts on
0: this, go back to our previous podcast on the That's So Craven <laughs> Full On podcast. Good stuff, Sammy. I I agree. I would take him on a loan. I'm not that fussed about the option to buy, but um a, a loan as long as he doesn't expect to be starting every single game. Um but, but no, anyway,
2: you guys. Said, you said you said you take him on a loan as long as you didn't have to pay his wages. Never
0: gonna happen. Yeah, well then it's not gonna happen. Fine with me. Um guys, <laughs> I think we can definitely wrap it up there. Thank you again for joining me tonight. Happy New Year to everyone who's listening, especially you guys as well. Um, But a a big thank you to all following along on the live stream and uh, people who consistently listen. 2023 was a huge year for That's So Craven. We're hoping 2024 will be even bigger as well. So thank you for your continued support. Sammy, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you very much. Um,
1: Like, share, subscribe if you haven't already done that. I'm going to start pushing that a little bit more. And yeah, like I, it's the response we get is incredible. We appreciate it endlessly. Don't ever think that we don't. Um, Bring on the new year. I have a weird thing with numbers. So you guys are going to have to carry me through. I'm not huge on number 24, but you guys will make it better. You always do. Thanks for having us. Uh, I actually thought you were going to say something.
2: Hmm? It doesn't matter. I actually thought when you said like share, I thought we can say something weird like like share believe,
1: and that's um, why you listen to like the That's So Craven <laughs> podcast because you never know what Sam's going to say. It just always just keep you on your toes. Uh, <laughs>
2: well, yeah, thanks for having me, Jack. It. It's totally weird like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you for joining. <laughs> it's been um, fun. It's been good, and uh, happy happy to talk about such exciting and uh, uh, really uh yeah proud proud things like the result we had a couple of days ago
0: and shit. absolutely, it's uh yeah it's it's good to be back so thank you again everyone and until next time come on you whites